Hello everyone and welcome back to M Square podcast and this is your host Anurag Manik. In our episode today we are going to sit down with a CFO of one of the leading financial institutions in the country and in the world. He's the author of the famous book Chakra Review. So without any further ado ladies and gentlemen please welcome Mr. Jitendra Atra, CFO of Edelweiss Group. Today he's going to take us on his journey on how his journey started from a household that was much involved with Bollywood and his journey on becoming the CFO of Edelweiss Group today he's going to take us on his journey of becoming an author and he will also let us know about his upcoming book which is a sci-fi romantic fiction and it is one of the one of the most entertaining and intriguing concepts for a book that i have ever heard so far so let's dive right into this episode with mr jitendra atra and this is your host anurag panik So yeah, uh, hello everyone and welcome back to M Square Podcast. This is one very exclusive episode, and we have one of the brilliant minds of the country with us today. So he's the CFO and the head of operations at Edelweiss Group, Mumbai. So uh, we all, you know, without any further ado, let's welcome Mr. Jitendra Atra to our show. So uh, thank you so much, Jitendra sir, for you know giving us your time and for being a part of this. It's it's really an honor to have you with us today. So uh, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. I think the pleasure is all mine. It's it's good to do these kind of stuff. That's all. Yeah. So uh, you know, sir, it's a very intriguing. Uh, I would say, I mean, like when I was uh, going through the work you have done, you know, started uh, in the finance sector, and you've been a CA, and uh, like your journey to being a CFO, and now writing a book. So how it has all been, how it started, and like uh, just wanted to understand from your perspective, like as a little kid into now being the CFO at Edelweiss. What is what has the story been about? How has the story been about? So as a little kid, I was a daydreamer. I'm still a daydreamer, okay. and uh, uh, you know, my dad is from Bollywood. So uh, the oh, creative okay. gene comes from there. He's one of the topmost violinists in the industry. He's done background scores for Kahuna Pyar and Karan Arjun Koi. Oh, oh, so wow. I have this kind of gene, and I since childhood I wanted to be a rock star. You know, so I used to think all these concepts for music videos is where I started from. As a kid, I always you know used to whenever used to travel, listen to some nice music. all these ideas in your brain come in where you know you create music videos where or you know you go into the past you go into the future those yeah. concepts as a kid a very daydreamer kind of uh, a child very very innovative and very creative as such that naturally comes into me but you know as as typically happen when when you are in a lower middle class or a middle class family your parents won't don't want you to step into the film industry and yeah. do something creative as you call it so you know then finance took place and uh, you know as a commerce student you want uh, uh, your child to do post graduation and then of course my brother did ca and i was also told like your brother is doing ca you okay. also ca and as a you know you have a good brain of course finance i still love yeah. love mathematics etc so as a good i was a good above average kind of a student at that point of time so ca was tough i mean for an above average student to get into a the top 1% or 2% of the it was tough i mean you had to burn a lot of midnight all a lot of uh, hard work to take yeah. place you know to crack a really competitive exam it was really tough for me but i had a lot of motivation to you know complete my ca at that point of time so uh, you know that uh, between i think somewhere between 17 18 to around 22 23 was a really tough period of time where i had to study for good 16 18 hours a day at times oh, wow. but then i realized you know you have to come back to 10 hours a day that's the maximum your brain yeah. can grasp 
So yeah, it took some time to get the that level of studies, but yeah, it took some time, but it it was good. Then after that, of course, uh, work started. It was even as tough as as studies, you know, because of course, crazy yeah. hours at office. You know how corporate world works. Yeah, but it was fun at the same time. You were doing uh, audits of some of the really big uh, organizations. I was at Deloitte earlier when I started my career. Big four, you go to big organizations. Yeah. You you're talking big numbers. It's always crazy yeah. fun. So all that has been fun. So then I joined insurance and then one company to another, the top insurance companies. You just enjoy the kind of uh, flair you get there. You're making presentations. Of course, sometimes creativity helps. Uh, you know, you, you make a lot of numbers and then you love growing a company. So you worked in, in smaller companies and then you take that company to a really big mm-hmm. one. So I, I did a lot of work at ICICI when it was really small. And then we grew really at 100% year on year. So crazy good stuff. And then, uh, you know, at times, you know, the creativity, you know, the, the gene is always there. So yes. somebody just, just came and said, you have that kind of thing. Why did you write a book? And then I think three, four years back, I wrote a book called Chakraview. And then I did a lot of research on what kind of books do well. And then where we, we come to it, romance typically is the genre. But I am typically very creative. I want to go stuff, which is fantasy. So I created a genre for myself, which is a romantic fantasy now. And that's my new book coming in. I think it should be out this month anytime now. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, this journey is something which I've not heard before. Usually, you know, kids from a, uh, what do you say, people working. So people working in a corporate sector or government job and the kids are fighting that I want to do something in the movie industry or the creative industry. I think this was a whole opposite of it. It was total vice versa from it. You know, a kid <laughs> from a creative background is now being asked to, you know, work, like being, you, know, you were working in a corporate sector. I think this is so the first time I'm hearing this and I've like never heard this before. And I think really gets my intrigue up on how this whole journey has been. And as you mentioned, so like the Chakraview that the book is there and like your recent book that is going to come out, which is a fantasy love story. And I and I like I can imagine how many creative routes it can take because the experience you have had before, like starting from you know having a creative background to moving to a financial uh, you know background where you are working currently. So now I uh, wanted to ask, so like does storytelling like I I know that it adds a lot of value and a flair when you are doing numbers. So how did you amalgamate the storytelling with the number? You know the love for numbers that finance people have. How do you did it? And like is there, is there any story you know where that storytelling or a creative spark can you really made you stand out? from your peers or your colleagues? Yeah, it happened, I think, in ICIC at one point of time when I was working. I was asked to make a, a small... At that time, Sarbanes-Oxley was what I was doing. So it's... Uh, just to give you a, a plain vanilla onto this, is it's uh, controls that you work on. So you have to create okay. controls. Now, it was something very new that I was working in. In India, at that point of time, it was very new. So I had to give this presentation out to to uh, a lot of people to explain what Sarbanes-Oxley ex- exactly was and what it okay. meant for the, the organization at that point of time. So what I did was actually create a small cartoon which says, hey guys, I am Sarbanes-Oxley and I will explain <laughs> what I do. So that kind of, you know, and everybody yeah. loved it. You know, coming from a finance guy typically was 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 uh, really, so, you know, those kind of things, whenever you make presentations, probably, you know, those kind of things used to come out a lot. In fact, um, now that I am at a CXO level, I also attend a lot of marketing kind of uh, mm. presentations because, you know, it's it's an organization thing. Yeah. And that time I kind of, you know, some people come out with creators. I help them in the creators or you oh. can do like this. And then, you know, it kind of adds up. So I had read one of, I think, uh, 
uh, Steve Jobs, uh, uh, you know, this biography or something, which he said he did yeah. some creative course in in one of his, uh, um, I think one of his summertime jobs or something, which helped him design this key. Yeah, yeah. He he attended uh, he attended this calligraphy classes once he dropped out of Reed College. Yeah, and and one of the books I was also reading that whatever you learn or do, somewhere in your life. You know, you yeah. always get to utilize that. It's similar. Agreed. I think that this yes. creativity is now coming back, and I, it is really funny if you go and see my Instagram account, the kind of videos that I'm coming out with. And it's the biggest challenge for me is: shall I talk finance or shall I do creative? <laughs> but now, and yeah. my my agency come keeps on coming and tell me do one thing on Instagram. Yeah. Either you talk business, or you talk, or you do some creative stuff. I, I said I cannot do one. Because, you Agreed. know, you have to grow one account and so people will get confused. I said, I'll grow as, as an author, an author who can do both, right? <laughs> who can create, I, yeah. create and stuff and talk finance, talk logic as well. I think when, when I'm talking to, you know, reminds very much of how Ashni Grover conducts himself, you know, like as a creative person at the same time and he talks numbers and logic. So I think that's a very, uh, like, um, if, you know, you should definitely go out with that route of having some creativity and, uh, you know, logic and numbers because it's working. It works well because that's a very rare trait to have, uh, you know, like, which is not very much available in the current market. People love it when somebody does it. So, you know, like I, I can talking to you, it's really exciting and, uh, so, so I wanted to understand more. So, uh, as you mentioned that, you know, you've uh, worked with companies like ICICI and have helped them grow 100% year on year and also now working with Edelweiss Group. So how has it been like the, the what you can say, the progression from one role to another? There might have been setbacks, which you never expected to happen. And like, how did you, you know, take it up? And like in between, if there were any chances, like any, you felt like now I think I should go into the, you know, the creative field more and like just shift it all out. So has it ever happened with you or how has it been so i think uh first of all of course i'll give you a journey path was yeah. as a chartered accountant when you start with deloitte is more accounting uh more accounting standards that you should know it's a lot of reading etc yeah. you have to be an expert accountant is what the job was in the initial three years then probably when you know a lot it becomes kind of a monotony you know mm-hmm. typically reading the same and and trying to be an expert opinion on everything is is the job that we when I moved to industry, which is insurance after that, it was a little more easier because then you were not only doing reading, but you were applying a lot of other skills, which were presentation, people skills, because you have a bigger team at that point yeah. of time. A lot of, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, interpersonal skills come into picture. So you develop as an individual more. So now I was not constrained by only reading and interpreting things. I was doing a lot of people things because a lot of sales guys used to come and blast at you. The numbers are not right. Yeah, you need to manage yeah. the sales guys because, you know, they are looking for their benefit. They want to get yes. over a particular meeting. So a lot of dealings which are interpersonal that helped me because I was, you know, uh, very good at people skills all the time. You know, I used to love mm-hmm. interacting. So never bogged down. But as you said, you know, whether you felt that your day is ended or your career is ended, that happens still today, everyday basis, because there are, because dealing with numbers, yeah. I'll tell you one of the incidents I, I keep on talking about is one day I get a call from one of my uh, subordinates and says, sir, galti ho gaya. Sir, who are you business plan? Mein kitne uh-huh. galti ho gaya. Sir, kitne gaya? Hai 1800 crores. <laughs> I was like, are you crazy? Sir, how can that happen? No, no, sir, we dragged the Excel. And the formula was wrong and this, that. And I said, are you crazy? Oh, shit. 
ఇంకొకటి some years oh. ago, i think it was in 2010 where my dad had retired from mm-hmm. uh, from his bollywood journey and etc but he was feeling bored so we opened this small studio and uh, at that time youtube was very you know in the niche he was saying what nonsense yeah. are you talking i said just oh, okay. put up a camera in front of you and play the violin if yeah, you yeah. play your compositions and you won't believe at that point of time when we started we got these artists coming from uh, uh saregama and indian idol and they would love to work with my dad as a singer because they got a lot of knowledge of music okay. from him. and we got more than 8 crore views on that channel 1 yeah. lakh plus subscribers now and he is loving his job so he did some <laughs> 500 plus compositions of his on the channel so those kind of things i keep on doing uh i do work a lot with my brother but that's all you know i do it for hobby but my work continues during day and whatever i do at my night is now i write books i create oh, wow. concepts for my videos i love that i mean i i tell my 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 publisher is even if you don't make a single rupee with just that process i just enjoy it so much that i would keep love to just just uh break even on it yeah. i don't want any money from it but just keep doing it because i love the process of creating anything which is new oh wow so this is so inspiring for me also i mean like you know to to have i mean like it's it's a job it's a full time job where you're working the cfo so everybody is working around you you have your own pressure you have to take care of the team you have to take care of the company at this level and then to go out create something on your own and to do it so well i mean like it just goes on to show like there is a very famous saying that i one of my friends told ki samay sabke paas hota hai bas apko apne liye samay nikalna padta hai i mean like and i think that's a skill which not many people have mastered and i think when i was doing my mba one of the professors said you know if you just remove your mobile phone right now from your life or you know reduce its usage you will be ahead of 90% of the people who are around you and i think i can see a live living example in you when it comes to that to you know, start a youtube channel for your father and to you know scale it to 1 lakh subscribers and 8 crore views it's outstanding i mean like people doing it full time f- struggle to do that what you're doing in your in your free time So I mean I mean like there is something uh, which is very inspiring and if I have to take something from this interview it would be you know the way you have been managing time and putting all the things across So sir, I wanted to understand from you, and you know, like now you've come up to a CFO level where you know people look up to you, and like uh, they idealize okay, this should be my career path. So, is there any funny story that might have happened with you, and you know, like any colleague of yours or any subordinate of yours, which you remember, and like uh, you can take it out as a story sometime when you create a, some uh, you know your video or something that might have happened with you. There are plenty actually. I mean, a few that I I actually put it on my Instagram also. I I do this every now and then, put up a funny story, and then. In fact, you know, when people look at us, they they think that we are, you know, always engrossed in work. We're very serious, mm-hmm. work, but that doesn't happen when you go in because my uh, motto when I go to offices, you come and have fun. Work will happen. So, oh, so wow. it's it's a it, 
I kind of want to keep the atmosphere as light as possible. Have fun. We we have. I mean, thankfully, we are in, we're in a fintech company now. We have a TT table, and we have a lot of fun in office. And mm. and things happen very because it's sometimes very high pressure. It does, you know. Yeah. The board meeting, you know, you have such a lot of numbers, and and as I said, you know, you know, shit happens at most of the times yes. also, and you have to manage that. So if you are, you know, taking things too seriously. It becomes uh, a real hell, you know, to yeah. work at that point of time. But you know, just a few incidents that I can share. One, when I remember very clearly, when when I was a manager, and one of my colleagues was at the same level. Of course, we start very low yeah. at, at very junior levels, and yes. it was the first time when when uh, uh, you know, some we were sending an email to our CEO. I mean, as a manager, okay. to the CEO was a big time. And yeah. we were at the floor together. I was at my seat and I was waiting. He said, let me draft the email. And I called virtual everybody on the floor to check that email. <laughs> and everything, you know, you don't want a spelling error or a yes, yes, error to happen yeah, when you're sending yeah. the first email to the CEO. And says, you know, check everything. And then finally said, hey, perfect, don't worry. Just send it. <laughs> you know, send it, send it. I said, I took a few deep breaths and just put the send. But I simply realized, you know, send to hogya, like in, you know, fear is there. Yeah. Just open it up and there was no subject to that email. <laughs> I said, everybody checked it. Top to bottom. And it said, nobody. I said, you said to check the subject. I mean, to yeah. check the body of the email. You didn't ask you to check the subject. Everybody did not. So it was funny, but yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully, she replied, okay, everything, thanks. But that's was okay, fine, gone. Yeah. Another incident I had was, yeah. was you know, uh, there was a board meeting date and as usual, you know, we were, you know, just last, say whatever, half yeah. an hour is really very tensed. Yes. And uh, sitting in my cabin at that point, and I was at a VP level at that point of time and my boss comes in and says, oh, so it says, we need to change or add four slides and you have only 10 minutes to do it. Do it quickly. Oh. I don't care. And you like 10 minutes, four slides. How do you think that's what I don't okay. care? And you know, panic happened. I called everybody into my room. Come, come. <laughs> we have to make four slides. Now we are rushing this, that, etc. And a boss walks in after 10 minutes. Sharp and then I said, hey, you know, the 10 minutes, my four slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, not done. So now we're going to get a big lashing out or something. Like that. He walks into the room and looks at all panicked and everything. He just looks at his files and says, score kya hua? So like, what score is he talking about now? He's in each four slides and you're talking yeah. about It was a cricket match that day and he was not wondering, tumhara slide chhod do, bale score batao kya? So he said, okay, you know, he said, chill out, I'm leaving for the board. You can okay. get me after some time as well. So he also realized that four slides are not, but he started the meeting and then we had to give him slides. So all the, you know, along with the president, yeah, yeah, yeah. had to paste those slides. Uh, those kind of things keep on happening. Oh. But we yeah. all make fun at that point of time. It was crazy. But yeah, it still yeah. happens, you know, every day. But everything happens like this. So you now you feel tense. But after a few years, you make fun of it when you yes. meet those people. So it's, it's good. Yeah. With that email story, it reminded me of the similar thing that happened to a friend of mine. So, so we had a manager who used to be, you know, very on top of things. And we had to be like, ensure, okay, we have everything on numbers on our fingers and everything. This is back. I was working with a previous company. So this friend of mine, he was very new. So like new is in six months. I He joined six months later than I joined. So he was a senior from my college. So he was sending and he used to be very nervous about things. So he asked me, so the manager's name was Samrat, okay. And this guy's name was Samir. So he was like, Anurag, uh, just check the email and everything. I was like, yeah, yeah, it looks fine to me. And he just send it. No, he has to send a weekly update. He sent it. And then later on, he realized he has written, hi, Samir only. 
and like he's written his own name in the salutation <laughs> and then he's like oh my god what to do now and i i was working with their manager for a brief amount of time and i, I what happened was i was writing bullet points in, in the uh, what do you say skype chat i didn't know that you know if you put colon f and colon so a flower bloomed and it so i i put f and colon so point pen point f and for that it became a flower and it got sent to him i think <laughs> shit it had to happen with him only like and yeah at that time it was very nervous you know when your first job is there and i was like shit aaj to i'll get a good lashing ki why are you not seeing and watching it and all this but yeah now i look back and it's it's a lot of fun when you really look back at yeah and you get all kind of characters in office right yes yes right and then late hours i mean everything you you wait late and then you know you have fun in office you yes. have parties in office so that's yeah. also good fun yeah at times we i think we just feel like you you hype things so much in your mind that you don't realize ki okay you know the other person is also a human being and he understands you also yeah, so he, he or she has been through the same process it's right like they have gone through it so they know what happens and how it goes on so yeah i mean like when when you said the email thing i could really imagine that whole scenario how it would have been and how it would have happened afterwards sure. so, yeah so so you know uh, now just wanted to you know this whole uh, thing currently like the whole startups in india coming up there people are really fanatic about you know having a cxo on their name i mean like you know like they're very young entrepreneurs some of them were really good but uh, so what do you feel about this trend right people just want the tag rather than you know working for it knowing what goes behind being an actual cxo so the years of experience the kind of maturity you need so people just take up the tag that i'm a ceo cmo cfo so what is your take on it and like how people can actually work i mean like if you can just you know lay it down in simple steps from the a work you have done from your experience of something for them i think i'm a great believer in um actually enjoying the journey rather than rather than uh, being at the destination know, uh, yeah yeah actually and more importantly i think uh, Uh, people are too obsessed with designation so you know of course salary makes a lot of difference because yeah. everybody works and wants to earn a lot of money etc but i've seen a lot of people now at my age coming and realizing that okay we 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 spent two decades now had i got what i got maybe even five years later it would have been okay but i would have enjoyed the journey would have been much better instead of you know hustling around doing a lot of stuff which probably they shouldn't have done you know maybe given more time to family maybe given more time to enjoy themselves maybe had a holiday etc in fact in fact my life career has been similar where from maybe a, a 24 25 to a 32 33 was a whisker i didn't see my daughter growing vertically i saw her growing horizontally rather because she was on the bed most of the time when i came home and that kind of uh, you know a good part also i think i mean a bad or good i don't know but uh, my health took a lot of toll at that point of time in okay. fact i had a back problem sitting 16 hours in office at that point of time that you know people had to carry me to my car you know at, at an age of 32 maybe imagine and that was kind of a, a great uh, eye opener for me where i decided that there is more to life than only work and honestly speaking and this is to the all the audiences that are are, are will listen or is are listening to this is that i don't think my career has taken a backseat just because i left office at time on time or you know okay. it's not that if there's a deadline i did not sit late but just that a little bit of attitude of enjoying yourself at the same time working and having a different as you said right having a life after work mm-hmm. is much more important so you know you were able to do these things because you you put a hard stop to your work and said okay 
beyond yeah. this uh you know i will not take because otherwise i would have taken 10 new assignments it's up to us right you're yeah, it, growing at a fast pace you're working at a really frenetic pace you're growing like you know i we, for us if i did not get a pro, i did not get a promotion every year that was like a demotion for me at that point oh of, okay you know every year i was i was like hell bound you give me whatever work you want to give me but i should get a promotion every year and that happened till 30 to 30 and when this entire episode happened and then i took a a little bit of a you know practical approach to life said i will do my work come what may i will not play to the gallery i not look at perception what people think about me i go on time and that's been for more than a decade now and i i take care of my health i take care of my family and i do whatever i love to do after my hours in fact this entire thing of doing a book etc comes from that kind of a fearlessness where you say i don't care what you give right now to me i do my work and it's yeah. been great i think both ways i don't think my career has taken a backseat because of all this but i i do enjoy my life as well nowadays yeah so i i think the message to people is is uh, i think it's it's kind of an uncertain so don't run behind designations this that etc i think the important thing is just enjoy the work and if you get an opportunity to grow don't miss it but just love the work that you are doing right now and everything else will fall in place over the yeah week. and it's so much you know like this such so right to like this such a great thing to hear also you know like uh, at after a point uh, i feel like the work is very important part of your life you should never say no to work i mean like you know my dad says you are very lucky that you are having work because yeah, a lot of people who don't have work so you should be very grateful and that i you know when you say it also it falls in the same place and as you mentioned like and i feel when you are doing something you love right it shows it reflects on your work because you you are not resenting what you're doing the entire 14 or 13 hours a day when you go back you, you are refreshed and you you bring in a different approach and like when you mentioned like i was not aware of the fact that you know your father has worked as a as a violinist in in so many films so that had a creative flair and like you know and i feel and i felt with it myself because when i was working with one of the big fours i realized you know like in the beginning days once as i joined very uh, as a fresher when i joined that i had a different take to things you know like i'll say ki okay isko aisa kar sakte hai you know maybe you can tweak this presentation in this manner okay okay that that those in, uh, inputs were not taken seriously but i had i felt ki you know i had a different input and over time i felt ki that was actually people started taking notice of it you know but uh, when the work started getting more those inputs faded away with time and i at that point in time i realized ki you know there was one x factor i would say that i had to myself and that is now gone and i started feeling okay this is not something maybe i can do in the long run i because i needed that to survive and make my work better so when you mentioned that right like uh, you know you have to do find time for doing things and uh, so when you find time for doing things you actually start loving and you know that that adds a refresh button basically like a refresh button more uh, i think that's really resonated when when you were saying and uh, really inspiring to talk to you so i mean so uh, Yes, so I wanted to understand more now, like you know, like the current scenario with all of those these layoffs happen. So you know, as a CXO, like as a CFO, I mean, like the person who is be, the, you know, taking care of the entire company. So how what what goes inside your mind, and like how tough it is for a company? I mean, to you know, to let go of the employees that that there. I mean, like you will have a very big overview, which as employees on a very beginner level, which we don't have. So what is left for us? Like we start cursing. Okay, no, this is not there. But how tough it is for a person. in like or you know at the cxo level to actually take those decisions actually uh, this reminds me of one of my then because it's only thankfully i've been only in this place only once in my life 
uh, it was I think 2008 when that entire uh, mm-hmm. financial uh, uh, debacle happened for the for the uh, world and at that point of time uh, I mean generally we, we I thankfully have been in companies with the, which are much larger and so we didn't yeah. let go of people especially in finance we didn't ask people to leave mm-hmm. But this year uh, was different and we had, I mean, in my team, one person and only one person in my life that I've actually laid off. And that was the only time we as an organization were asking people to leave. And those were people who were rated low. It is, um, you can't believe the amount of pressure that I was in at that point. I still remember that day. The person was was um, actually in a very difficult situation. I imagine I can share this. I, I don't want to share his name, but uh, mm-hmm. he had just had a daughter. And we, in the next probably month or something, I had to ask him to leave. It was painful. I mean, I couldn't do it. I went to my boss and said, it is not possible. Just can, can we do something for him? He said, not possible. It's an org decision and you cannot do anything. If you don't do it, I will have to do it. And, you know, at that point of time, I could have easily told my boss to go ahead and do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, in situations like these where we are into SCXOs, you cannot shy away from your responsibilities yeah. of taking that that tough calls, you know. And today, uh, I mean, given your seniority level, as your seniority level goes up, I think it becomes more and more because every day I take four or five tough decisions now. At that point of time, that was the only tough decision I had to take a tough talk maybe. But nowadays, it's like four or five really tough meetings that you go to get into. Maybe it could be a regulator, it could be a, you know, a super boss, it could be a shareholder, anybody. But it's like tough, right? Those meetings get a little tough, yes. but you got to get used to it. So I went to that guy, tried my level best. Um, he probably was into tears, but it's it's not an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes you hold uh, yourself responsible to it that you were not able to mentor that guy to to you know a really productive person but thankfully for me i met him after uh, i mean we were able to find him another job or something one okay. person was easier but imagine a thousand people getting yes. a company it is really tough it, especially when you know a lot of bread of the company of the of the people are coming from these jobs and when you let them go it's it's really painful but uh, you know as as it's not only this i think in a lot of places where we take decisions are are really tough. But at the end of the day, for the organization saying you have to take those decisions. It's yeah. really tough. But yeah, got used to it a little bit. But that's where I think uh, uh, as an individual, you have to grow. Because as in, I mean, I would relate it to our lives, you know, you have to take such a lot of tough decisions in your life. Because probably that's the best alternative for you yeah. as an individual as well. But yeah, you have to be tough. You have to bite the bullet and move ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, I think these are the moments when, you know, like, I have a habit of reading, uh, reading, you know, inspire. I watch a lot of inspiring talks or TED talks I watch. And I was listening to this one where they said, you know, uh, when at times when you feel that, you know, you have been buried or something, what if you take the perspective they're actually being sown up there, like a seed, right? Maybe you have a whole new perspective to grow. And I think as from both perspectives and the person who was there on the other end, and like for you also, it might have been something that, made you grow in some manner which might have not been possible uh, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest key in life is always to manage chaos, right? Whatever you do, whether you're doing a podcast today or you are actually doing a finance thing or you are writing a book, etc. I mean, things don't go as per plan, right? That's chaos. And and the biggest skill remains is to manage that chaos on a day-to-day basis, right? Yeah. And uh, keep the ship moving. That's more important. 
Yeah, as they say, right, the show must go on. Show at the must end go of the on, day. right. Yeah. So, I like, wanted to understand more from your perspective that how do you see the Indian job market in the, in the coming future with everybody talking about recession in the US and UK? So, how do you feel it's going to grow and what is your take on it and what do you feel? Is it looking optimistic or some people should be, you know, much more aware or very, I would say. So, what is your take on, on that? I think uh, India is uh, actually the sweet spot right now. I think okay. it's an excellent place to be um, given COVID, etc. And I think a lot of focus and uh, uh, attention has been drawn to our country. Uh, we are not in, in probably the best space when it comes to the job market. We can say that right now. But still, if you look at what the market is doing abroad, etc., international markets today, I think India is at a great, great spot right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if we are growing at, say, around uh, whatever, six, six and a half, seven percent in a world economy which is going through recession, it's yeah. an exit. You look at a stock yeah. market today, it is not showing any signs of, of, of you know, melting down or where, mm-hmm. where the world is crashing out. Uh, we are still uh, sticking to our growth story and it's not coming down. Could be overvalued, as you say, but it's still not giving away anything. Yeah. So I still believe... India has a huge potential. I think it's still very, uh, I mean, in the next decade or so, I don't think anything happening to the economy. In fact, uh, in one or two of my snippets that I give on Insta and in LinkedIn, I've been telling that, uh, you know, growth, uh, you have to be at places where growth is, no matter okay. what happens. You know, a lot of youngsters want to go abroad and work. I mean, if you're taking an experience abroad and coming back, that's still, I would say. But your biggest learning happens where growth happens. Yeah. And today, the entire, if you look at Indian companies, they will not talk of a growth of less than 15, 20%. Yes. You go to maybe a Europe, the growth is like single digits, even not there at times. So you don't learn enough. Because today, the way we are learning in growing our companies is tremendous. And I think it will continue for the next decade. Yeah. So maybe a small little blip here and there, maybe because of the world market. But I think yeah. we are we are in for a big haul. I think every industry is growing typically way, way, way fast. And given now the focus coming to India, I think it's going to be an excellent decade. And if somebody who's joining or starting his career right now, even in business, starting a business today, I think the opportunities are always there. And I think... Um, if you develop yourself, I mean, when we look at, say, hiring people, we still don't get the quality people that we want. I mean, if you okay. talk to any CXO, if you talk to a partner in Big Four today, he'll say the pe- people are not available. I mean, imagine you look at tech talent today in India. We will say that tech talent is very, very little that what we want, right? Imagine. Oh, okay. I'm saying the skill level, if you develop yourself into a skill level, even if you don't have a degree today, but you are good to deliver what the companies want today. There is always, always, uh, you know, demand for good talent. I, I am still saying at various CXO levels, we face a problem which is different. We are not getting the right quality. Oh, So I think some, it's yeah. a wonderful place to be right now in India. Next decade for people who are starting off. And I, I see a lot of brilliant minds coming in. Uh, you know, 22-year-old child accountants, 22-year MBAs who come and start, start with that good vibe, want to do something really good, creative. I think it's an excellent place to be in India and a lot of things are happening. Next decade, we'll see a lot of growth, I believe. I'm very, very gungo about this country. And uh, I believe it's all good for all of us because every every sector, every industry will see growth and that will bring about a lot of jobs in the market and a lot of opportunities. 
I think, uh, I mean, you are doing stuff which is excellent, I believe. Thank Who you. would have thought this maybe 10 years back? Again. That's because of entire, uh, you know, the country going through this, uh, you know, purple patch, I believe. And that is going to continue. I am really gungo. I think uh, I don't see a challenge. In fact, people who get laid off, etc. also get placed. In fact, we are the ones who also say, okay, we get talent from there. Why don't we take some? You know, oh. but it's a huge opportunity there in the market, I believe. I think that's very, you know, what you can say, motivating to hear. I mean, like, because I was not aware of these facts that you do not get people who have the requisite skill. So if I have to ask you, sir, like, what are the three to five skills that you would, you know, suggest people to have, you know, like, which they can develop upon in case they are applying for a new job or a fresher job, if, if there are people, if you can suggest some three or five skills, if, which they I think which we help them in landing a job. Yeah, we discussed sometimes inside this. First of all, I think the biggest thing that you had is the attitude. Okay. The attitude to just go to the ground, get your hands dirty, you know, smell the leather or smell that that yeah. kind of uh, ground thing, as you call it. That attitude in itself, that sparkle in your eye to do something and learn something is all you need. I think that, that is kind of 80-90% of your battle. The rest is probably you might have a, a few skills plus minus. But if you don't have the attitude... I think that's that's a game changer. If you have the attitude, you walk into any department or any position. I've seen people grow. In fact, I'll give you this example. Um, when I took over one of the departments in one of the large companies, I had four people. That's the first time I was managing a team. And there were two people with a stark difference. One was an MBA. And okay. the other was, was basically somebody I called as an outsourced employee who was working for us for a meager 10,000. Oh, okay. I had to probably, I seen the difference that the person who was working as an outsourced person was much more efficient and productive and intelligent than the person who was an MBA. At okay. that point, that's mm-hmm. so it's an individual, not to the degree. Yeah, yeah. It's an individual, one that, that yeah. attitude was there. He was ready to work with me till two o'clock in the night, three o'clock in the night, and the other person was leaving at whatever, not interested in work. Basically. Yeah, I yeah, understood, understood. And when I told him, said, first thing I did was a role reversal. Said whatever the person oh. is doing, <laughs> let him give because he's more efficient at doing yes, it. Why yes, are we getting yeah. intense with somebody who's not able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. He's apart. Yeah. And then he's today at a very good position. He's probably an AVP, VP. Oh. And for a BCom from move to that level to a VP was excellent. And he simply did not do anything else, stuck to his work. And every time I was in problem in something, I, I need technical expertise, I would go to that person because he was so good at his work. That attitude of just say never, never say die attitude and say, I will, yeah. this, I will get this done is something that any manager wants to have. Leave it up to me. I will get it done. That is a yeah. skill. And, you know, at times when we face problems, we don't go to the managers and say, at least at that point of time, I say, I have a problem. The managers to kick me out. <laughs> no, don't come out of that. You go to every single person, do whatever you might get the job done. And once you have that kind of attitude, then everybody will want you in his team. That's yeah, what that we do, true. right? We, yes, we don't yes. go to our bosses and say, nahi hota hai, sir. Aisa nahi hota. you have to get it done. Yeah. The attitude is one skill that I would say everybody. And the second is people skills. I mean, you have to be good to people. You have to learn to, you know, we are we work with big teams. So once you know how to manage people, both at a peer level and at a subordinate level, then you learn to have thousands of hands with you. Yes. So you are not working alone. So maybe I, were, I would be working, say, maybe 
one fourth of what I was working when I was say maybe a thirty year old. Mm-hmm. But now I have a huge team who works, and I know what to get from everybody. So those are two important skills. I think people skills cannot be you know undermined whatsoever. We're yeah. so good with people now. You have thousands of people to support you. Agreed, sir. That is, I think that these are the two most important. Uh, so I, as mentioned, I was reading somewhere that you know the primary skill in any job you need to have is to be you know good to work with. You know, you should not create a headache. You should be the reason, like you know, you should you should be the cure to a headache. I think that is how they put it up. And like you know, I think that is very much in sync with what you are you know saying. That is very important. That people who grow in life are the ones who are easy to work with rather than people who are hard to work with. So I think that's a very irreplaceable quality. in some like you know some you might get the work done but if at times when it's your required you're not there at that point in time it loses all of the value if i have to take an example it's i in cricket i watch a lot so if it's the same kl rahul example right in peak matches if you're not performing what's the point in you That's being true. the vice captain of the team yeah, so yeah, yes yeah, so, so, so when you were mentioning about the share market and um, you know advice my father has been i think he's been using edelweiss tool for the share market for like you know 10 years 5 10 years He he does not shift. So you know, like people will come like zero dies there. He's like, no, no, I have been here for so long. I'll stick to it. I know the people. I can call my manager Absolutely. up and I, yeah, I can tell him. You know, this is not happening. What is this? It's okay. Whatever is there, but I am very much okay with it. So I I was telling him. He was very excited. You know that I'm going to talk to you. He's like, oh wow, like how did it happen? So <laughs> so just want yeah, just wanted to understand, sir, from uh, you know from a. Uh, Uh, something which uh, related to the share market, as you mentioned, is is on a very what you can say a secure level. And like in India, I felt after COVID, people have become more aware about insurance sector, right? People have understood the value, like what insurance is, and like how important it is for you know someone. Uh, and a lot of people have started taking insurance. And I think that after the COVID, so do you feel is that like the uh, what you can say the awareness about insurance has increased in people post COVID? But how has it been? Because I think insurance sector was. something which became you know like uh, there was very much uh, what do you say hype not hype which was very much in talks it, it was in everybody's con- conversation that we need to take an insurance now it is very important so like is it really the scenario because uh, there are a lot of numbers that come up because insurance sector has taken a hit somebody said that it had actually grown in this particular time so what is the reality between these two talks that is going out there so that is some reality of course when covid happened a lot of health and uh, health insurance was uh, going through because mm-hmm. everybody wanted health insurance and that's where people realized in fact uh, one of my closest friends were who went through this well, i mean school friends rather and he didn't have insurance at that point of time and his uh, son went in through a, a big covid uh, this thing okay. and he realized that the importance of insurance at that point of time so yes we had that uh, good patch um where a lot of uh, people wanted to get insurance and we and in in most of the past years insurance was a push product we had to go and yes, sell it yes, yes. and this period where where people were coming and asking for insurance and first the other way around in covid mm-hmm. people realized that if you don't have insurance and you get hospitalized etc yes for a, a period of time where your expenses go very high it's 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 a boon to have insurance honestly um but earlier people used to find that it's an expense but at this point of time people got to know that okay this is where it's insurance an, can be I think yeah. for all the people, it's I think two policies are mandatory. I'm of course uh, motor is mandated by by the law, but uh, your two policies, if you are an individual, you don't have it. You should have it. Is one is protection, which is your uh, uh, you know your life insurance, 
So mm-hmm. if you have dependent people with you or whatever, so whenever something happens to an individual, their dependent people get that kind of money. So that's very important, especially when you have kids yeah. and uh, you want kids to get supported even after you. It's very important to have that policy. It's it might look as an expense, but it's if you have good sum insurance, you know it becomes very easy for the family uh, if something happens to you. And the second is health. Uh, today and maybe if you look at yourself, maybe I don't know what's your age. If you're thirty something, and if you look at maybe yeah. your ten years down the line, if is when you'll require a lot of your health insurance coming because that's yeah. where you know forties, mid forties, and late late after that is when your health takes a little bit of uh, this thing. But if you see the cost of of hospitalization today and what it will be after 10 years, you imagine the kind of support that you require. Yeah. Imagine my dad went through cancer and we had to spend in lakhs at that point of time. Okay. Imagine, imagine that creating a hole in your pocket. And But if you are well covered, I think these two policies are like, yes. uh, if you don't have it enough, I mean, you are, I mean, I would not want to be in a situation where you don't have these two policies. You need to have a protection policy and you have to have a health insurance policy for your family. And, you know, that gives you peace of mind completely. And it will completely keep you secured over the next decade or two or whatever, till the time your children are up and running. And you give the same advice to your children as soon as they get to 18, 21. And you create policies for them. And that lives through. In fact, most of the uh, countries abroad, they don't save for health because all of them them are covered through insurance. I think it's a mandate. I think everybody should get these two policies and create a pool where they can bank on, honestly. Yeah. So I think that is very important, I would say. You know, like in India, financial literacy is at is very low. Like now it is increasing, you know, with people uh, more exposure to the internet, people are getting to know more about financial literacy. But yeah, it has been it has taken a backseat. And I feel very lucky that my dad worked in a bank. So he has been a government, he was he retired uh, in 2020. So he was very well aware of you know what are the insurance types and everything. So he has taken all of those insurance. He was very much uh, what you can say, uh, prone, uh, not prone, I would say proactive to take, you know doing investments and that he has imbibed in all of us like both me and my sibling so i think that has really uh, factored and I, when i see like similar like friends of my age and they're struggling to understand what is this what is that and i feel that my dad working in a financial organization has really helped uh, you know to me understand the importance of uh, the insurance or b investments or doing any type of investment though he's very orthodox and you know he's like you know fd is the only source of investment you should do and i understand from where he comes but uh, so i really understand so like when you say it's very important to have you know yourself insured and yourself covered in in those scenarios so you know so it has been an amazing conversation like from starting from your journey i was really i you know say the sparkle in my eyes ki how can someone go from you know from someone belonging to mumbai then their parents were working in a bollywood sector to going to a completely opposite it's like it's just like north and south pole and and but I think that has been uh, one of the things which really intrigues me about people, you know, when they they did not have any backing. I mean, like you didn't have a roadmap, you created your own roadmap throughout the way and you have excelled in it and you have used what you can say your strengths to do something which not many people would have expected you to do, you know, to, to start something and to become a CFO. And I think it's just like a dream life, you know, like it's just like becoming the Shah Rukh Khan of Bollywood to being oh a CFO. Oh my God, that's so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, sir, like if I have to draw parallels that is you know exactly being somewhere there and it's really an honor to have had this conversation uh with you yeah. so, uh, the honor is mine yeah, I mean, it's it's so nice of you to take this time out for me 
No, no, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for for this. So, I just wanted to ask, you know, before uh, we conclude this, uh, what is that one, uh, you know, something that you would like to tell the audience, and like if any of their words of wisdom that we would call, you would like to impart something from your own experience and uh, your journey. I think that I, I've been telling this. I'm harping on this a little longer. I think uh, the best things happen to you when you are happy. Oh, I think the key okay. to life or whatever you do. I mean. You choose your path. You don't choose your path. Maybe your life chooses your path. Yeah. Just on the underlying, whatever you do, do it with happiness. Have fun. What you do, the energy levels will go from whatever it is to nine x, ten x, just because you are happy doing what you're doing. Since yeah. you put that happiness katharka into your life, <laughs> everything else falls in place. And yeah. I think uh, we, we we do a lot of yoga. I mean, that's something that that kind of helps me. Um, manage uh, a lot of my efficiency as well, and the best thing they say is accept what comes after that. Yeah, I think is is like once you do whatever. I mean, I, I I didn't start with the end in the mind where I will go. I just kept on doing and doing it happily. And I, I as I said, right, I I write my book also. I'm just doing it for the. I, I just yeah. enjoy the journey and just do it happily. Whatever comes, you accept it. I mean, it comes at times. It comes with a lot of failures, a lot of successes at times it's a it's a journey of all ups and downs except what comes in life and just be happy i think that's that's the key to it enjoy every yeah. day get up in the morning get excited get out of the bed and can get rolling i think that that yeah. life takes its own course thank you thank you so much and like when you say it you no know, there's this smile and the sparkle in the eyes or what you call twinkle in the eyes when you say <laughs> so it just shows that you actually mean what you are saying you know like there are a lot of people out there and like some people i had conversation they say you know a lot of things but it's it's a very you know like when you when you're not doing it actually you do not feel the happiness when you talk about it and i could see that happiness in you i mean like when you're talking about it you just get all jolly i mean say being happy you're actually happy when you're saying that <laughs> so so i think that really adds so just wanted to understand uh, one thing i wanted to ask you so like about the book that is going to come up i'm really excited to know more about it so if you can just tell uh, all the listeners out there like what is the book is about and how did you come up with that concept as you mentioned like you know you have been into something doing something which has not been done before so it's a fantastic to see love story so if you can just you know shed some light on the book i think uh, i don't know where the idea came from i was just uh, uh, chatting with my wife at some given point of time and i just asked her if i write a time travel love story will it will you be like and i told her the concept i don't want to share too much about it because you know with a secret that you want to uh, ruin that basically but i told her that this is the concept i just told her a couple of lines and said It's really exciting, and that's where you know I thought it is a really good concept to have. But uh, you know, my way of thinking has always been uh, uh, really out of the way. It's like I cannot create a simple, uh, as you say, uh, run of the mill or mm-hmm. you know, typical normal love story or something. Yeah. That. It has to be something extravagant. It has to be something <laughs> out of the way, taking to space, yeah. to underwaters, going to a jungle, whatever. Oh. So I I kind of like those kind of really. you know uh, out of the blue idea so this is something that i came out with saying let's do a romantic fantasy and let's keep that genre as your own because yeah it is a time travel love story where where where, where the protagonist actually goes into the past etc and it's Ooh. a story it's a fun i i think it's a fun read as i said you know making people happy is something that i want to do etc yes. i don't want to write something which is sad and bringing tears etc so it's a very exciting read and uh, i believe it's more entertaining as well so it's a good fun you can read it in a couple of hours kind of a book oh, wow. and yeah i would love to have some uh, some really good comments coming out once the book is out it should be in the next couple of weeks 
I hope to get uh, some reviews out of it and see what we can do better going forward. Yeah, that, that's really exciting. And, you know, like uh, to hear from you, it just sounds like I'm a huge fan of time travel because I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan. So his uh, movies revolve around time travel, beating Stella. And so we're really excited and you know, definitely give it a read, the book. And I'll definitely, you know, share how I felt about it. And I'm, I'm you know, really feeling it. It will be, as you mentioned, a happy feeling that comes uh, out of, of the book that is there. So uh, thank you so much, sir, for you know giving us your time. And it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you with us today. Like the kind of stories that you have shared with us and like your whole journey in the corporate and like the, you coming from a creative background and how you inculcated both of those. Now that is one tarka which everybody tries to mix, but it's very difficult to do it. And like the way you have done it is so inspiring and uh, something that I also wish, you know, to marry the number and the marketing, they don't marry marketing and finance, which it's one of the uh, most difficult marriages to do and to sustain <laughs> it for such a long time. So yeah, I'll definitely try, you know, working on those skills of mine. And thank you so much. Sir. There's, I, I usually say there is one thing that I'll take out of this interview, but there are so many things that I can take out of this interview, you know, being it, as I mentioned, the marriage of numbers and marketing and, you know, your way of seeing things, your way of looking things and, you know, finding, being happy at the end of the day is what matters the most. So uh, thank you so much, sir, for being a part of this and really, really appreciate you taking out time. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure myself. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of M Square Podcast. It has been an amazing conversation with Mr. Chitendra. We hope to have much more conversations with him in the future. And do not forget to follow him on Instagram. And if you like our work, do share your feedback to us at anuragmanik7 at gmail.com. You can also follow us for regular updates on our Instagram at anuragmanik7 and at M Square Podcast. I would also like to thank Srishti for making this possible to have this conversation with Mr. Chitendra. Also, we are coming to I am Ahmedabad on 28th of January to do our flagship start your podcast workshop series at I am Ahmedabad on 20th of January so if you happen to be in and around Ahmedabad uh, try to chip in for the workshop at uh, it will be starting at 2.30 in the afternoon on 28th of January so if you're coming up do hit us on Instagram at anuragmanik7 or at M Square Podcast also subscribe to our subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, M Square Podcast that is there and for any further updates if you're a college student and are looking to be a part of M Squad you can head us to our Instagram or you can DM us on Instagram and I will share the further details for the college students who are there and who can be a part of M Squad so thank you so much for listening to us and if you like our episode if you like our work do share it with people you think it can be beneficial to and as we always say until next time stay quirky stay different